Hey, welcome back to the Freedom Path Investors Podcast. Um, we are number 16, I think, here today, Yeah, Jake. number 16, man. And uh, today's going to be a treat. We have one of the more established uh, real estate investment business owners here in the St. Louis area. Uh, Mr. Jim Manning from Three Doors. What's going on, Jim? Welcome. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Awesome, man. So, hey, guys, if you've been uh, tuning in to our podcast, uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing to us on all those channels. And uh, you'll stay up to date when uh, new episodes are coming out. But so, Jim, uh, man, you've done pretty much everything in the real estate investing space. Uh, I believe you started as an agent, right? Um, or correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, when I got started, I started out as a real estate uh, investor that got his license to run comparables. I don't want to have to rely on a real estate um, agent to do that for me. I wanted to be kind of in, in more control. Yeah. And I started out in 2008 uh, when everyone kind of the, the sky was falling in real estate and, you know, they, we were in the kind of the beginnings of what was known as like the Great Depression, like uh, uh, when everything was the market was tanking and real estate was the cause of the recession. So um, so when I told people I was getting real estate investing, they kind of told me, like, are you crazy? Are you insane? Like, why would you want to get started at this time? <laughs> yeah. Real estate um, investing was not in vogue at that time. That's for sure. It, it was not. And um, one of the reasons why I got really interested in it was uh, there's a quote by Warren Buffett that says um, uh, along, I might botch this up, but it basically, the idea of it, it says is you need to be greedy when everyone's afraid and afraid when everybody's greedy. And yep. I got to thinking about it and I'm like, okay, well, I'm starting out. I don't know what I'm doing at all. And I'm starting out. So why don't I give myself a little bit of time to get really good at this? So when the market does swing back, I actually know what I'm doing and I can take advantage of it. Uh, so, so yeah, as the market was diving, I didn't know what I was doing and I, it took me a long time to get going. Uh, but I kind of kept moving forward and, and trying to figure it out. And, yeah, and, uh, I was a slow start guys. So like people look at us now in 2018, we did 588 deals. Uh, we've done several hundred deals in 2022. Uh, we're here in 2021 now. So like over the course, my business partner and I, we've done over 2000 deals in our career. Wow. And when I tell people like that, they look at me like, whoa, that's amazing. And then I, then I flipped the script and I said, well, do you know how many deals I did my first year? Do you know how many deals I did my first 18 months? I think I know the answer. Year, you've told me this before. Yeah. My yeah. first year was zero. I did zero deals in my first year. And then I only did one deal in my first 18 months. Yeah. So what's cool about it is, is it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how successful you've been or haven't been up to this point. Mm. Um, uh, you can still get this going and figure it out, you know, yeah. and like, and don't judge if you're just starting out, do not judge yourself based on me saying I've done 2000 uh, deals because, um, cause you know, I, I'm also, we have a team now in place and I'm not actively doing any of the deals. I really am the, the visionary of the company, kind of doing more strategy and big picture things, right? And we're doing 2,000 plus deals because it's been a 13-year body of work, not a six-month body of work or not a two-month body of work. So if you really want to compare yourself, compare yourself to me when I first started out and I did zero deals in my first, in my first year. Don't compare yourself to uh, 13 years into this full-time, what we're doing now. Yeah. So if you can't think think back to the the beginning for me there, what kind of deals were you doing early on? Were you trying to wholesale or flip or what, what, 
what was going on back in 08? Yeah. So when I started out, um, I kind of started trying to, I was really insecure about uh, losing money on a deal. I was just out of college. Uh, I did a corporate America job and I realized, man, I hate this job. I walk into the doors. This is my first job out of college. My parents were so excited. They were so happy for me. I come from a middle-class family and I yeah. walk in the door and I realized within five seconds of being at that the corporate America thing wasn't for me and I was going to hate every second. Was it the job. cubicle? <laughs> uh, it was a cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the deal. The company was a fantastic company. If co the corporate America thing was your, you know, was your thing. But for me, it felt like I had like a, like a leech, like that was attached to my neck and slowly draining my lifeblood out of me. Like, and I was just like, like, like living a, just a miserable life. Like every second I was at that place. So I knew right away, I was like, I have to find something. And, and what I, what I did was I was really insecure about not knowing things. Okay. I thought, mm. okay, well, like, like I've learned that knowledge is power growing up. That's what they teach in, you know, in school. And so I thought, oh, I stumbled on this real estate investing thing. Oh, this is what I really want to do. And so I spent an entire year trying to learn everything that there was about real estate investing. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm 13 years into this. And there is way more that I don't know than I do yeah. know right now. Well, I've been as doing soon as you it out, it's going to change and the market's going to dictate, you know, something else, a different strategy or something like that you have to go yeah. with. So were you like yeah. going through the YouTube university or were you following a, a coaching program to get started or? Uh, so YouTube university, like the way it is now, like, and like, this is a crazy thing, like, like at our fingertips now, there is more knowledge, more information available when it comes to podcasts and YouTube than ever before. Absolutely. And I didn't really, in 2008, you really didn't have any of that. Yeah. Uh, you had, um, uh, I spent like a thousand dollars on an online course on how to work with contractors um, that I studied and kind of went through. And, uh, but I didn't have all these YouTube videos, but the problem with it is, I mean, think about this guys, like, like it's 1220 at the time that we're recording this. Do I remember what I did at, at 8am today? Okay. I was starting my day. I was working on some strategy. I do. Do I remember what happened at 8 a.m. yesterday? I, I kind of don't. So yeah. I spent an entire year learning things. And whether that was like, um, if, if you're on like a bigger pockets, like a forum or like on YouTube or, or wherever, and people mistake learning for actually developing skills is what I've found. So I spent a whole year learning, but the learning, then I'd forget 80% of what I learned. And I would get really hazy on, well, was this important? Do I need to do this? Do I not? And then I have another guru tell me another idea. So I buy another product. And then I like, now I have two products. Which one do I do first? I, and it just created this like analysis paralysis that sure. I just couldn't quite get through. And the thing that was like the eye opener for me, like the thing that kind of got me over the edge in my journey was uh, Ryan Wessels, my now business partner. Yeah. Uh, and I started coaching baseball together and he so was you guys already didn't start out in business together. You kind of were dabbling around until. You no. Around. Yeah. So we, we didn't, no, we didn't. And, uh, so the agreement I kind of, uh, came up with him is I, th I thought about it. I'm like, well, I really need somebody, you know? So like, like I was starting, I was trying to learn all this stuff and I was, I just didn't, I didn't really do any networking because I was like, I think my ego was blinding me a little bit. Like, like I didn't want people to know that I didn't know 
Like I was like way too insecure to be able to reach out for help and ask people questions. Well, you had to be the smartest person in the room. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And I, you know, and I was 22 and I had some, you know, I had some immaturities there I was working through. And, but what I did have was Ryan and I started coaching baseball together. So we started kind of developing, uh, rekindling our friendship. We had been friends in high school and uh, college. We went to different schools. So we kind of lost track of each other. And, and we started kind of working out a lot together. And then I started asking them questions like, well, hey, you're doing this. Like, what do you like? What do you do when you need to generate a lead? What are you doing like to negotiate? And then I started kind of getting a little bit more comfortable and like get into action mode. And I said, hey, Ryan, here's the deal. You do deals on your own. Uh, but I'm going to if you're willing to answer my questions, anything that I do, uh, I will partner. and I'll, I'll bring you in on and, and I'll make you some money if you're willing to spend some time with me. So what happened there was I went from uh, what's everything that I need to know to be successful and and like trying to learn the whole book on investing, which I got news for you, 13 years in, I still don't know the whole book to yeah. I started asking myself different questions. What do I need to do to be successful? And I started doing the activities and then I had a friend that I could pick up and ask questions whenever I ran into whenever I needed that information, whenever I needed that knowledge. So I was able to flip that script and that's really what I see the most successful people do is, is it's, it's yet yeah, act first when and you're crazy. And I was crazy uncomfortable still because I, you know, even though I had spent a year studying, I was still yeah. really uncomfortable. I didn't know what I was doing. And, but like I had that support, I had the person I could ask questions to and he would be able to support and answer them. And then, um, then it started out. Then I did that first deal, a first flip over in, uh, in North County. Uh, I made $20,000 on it. I had a, um, uh, of which I ended up partnering with a different buddy, uh, on that one. So I got 10 in my bank. I had 10,000 in my bank account. And as a 22 okay. year old kid, 20, I think I just turned 23. I was like, I'm rich. I got 10 grand now. <laughs> yeah, you're rich. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to start my own business that I got in full time. And I, I kind of lost all of it right away and had a lot of ups and downs slowly took off. I think I did three deals in my next 12 months. Yeah. Uh, then I did like 10, uh, you know, and then we did like 30 and then we did 30 again. Then we did 80 and then we did 120. And then we did the, you know, it just kind of kept growing from there as the more knowledge and the more we we're figuring out and the more hey. leverage we're getting by bringing in people. So back yeah. it up a bit. How much, how much experience did Ryan have before uh, you got started? It sounds like you guys are buddies in high school. He was 22. You were 22 years old. So what was he doing? Yeah. He was kind of in the game. Wasn't he an agent like right out of. Yeah. So, so, so he did sucker me a little bit on this one. Right. Because uh, so I'm just thinking like, man, he's done like, you know, I think he had done like five deals at that point and I had done zero. So to me, it was like, he was like, like a, a God or something like this all knowing person, you know, and then I started making him enough money. Then Ryan's like, you know, you've been making me a decent amount of money these next couple of years. Like, you know, I think we probably should start partnering together and like actually be business owners. So then we became business owners and he had a lot of knowledge gaps too. And we went through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, so, uh, so like when you ask yourself, who do I need to be around? Um, uh, it is important to know kind of their integrity, their background. Uh, it's also important. I think it needs to be more than one person. Because uh, Ryan and I have been around some seasoned investors uh, when we made, um, one time we bought a barn, guys. Uh, uh, it was like 1,800 square feet in Lake St. Louis. 
We're going to okay. make all this money. Uh, Jeff Garner uh, is a, you know, he's a buddy of ours to this day. Yeah. I want to say he made about 20, 25 K on the wholesale on oh, it. Nice. And we ended up, we did the flip six months later, we made like 500 bucks on it. Somehow we made a profit, <laughs> but it's like, but we were so we were like, oh, well price per square foot. So uh, this one has 1800 square feet and we'll just take the price per square foot of this normal home that isn't a barn and we'll apply it to barn. this one and everything's going to work out. And we're going to make all this money. You know, it's like, yeah. so in hindsight, I was like, well, if we had an experienced flipper that we could have just said, Hey, I got this barn. What do you think? And yeah. like, it, I mean, it, it's kind of common sense, but like, we didn't know at that point, you know, we just were so heck, we were so bent on this price per square foot valuation. We didn't uh, factor in some of the other intangibles. Right. Wow. Sounds like you're you know, you're kind of getting into growing your network a little bit there as far as like if you knew someone else that was more experienced that could have coached you through that be like, hey, here's some things you want to avoid or like don't buy it or, or get it at a lower price. Um, so when did you guys start networking and what kind of networking groups did you get into in those days? Yeah, so in those days, uh, I mean, I was still pretty gripped on uh, just being shy to be around people. So, I mean, it was a very small group. Um, so there was Ryan. Um, we had some wholesale, every once in a while we have some wholesalers or stuff we do deals with or some investors, but there wasn't, I didn't take the time to really start to develop relationships because I thought, well, no, I need to learn a master pay-per-click. I need to learn a master, uh, direct mail. And, you know, I need to do all these activities to get us deals, um, that I didn't, I mean, it, I mean, our learning curve and our ramp up, uh, was probably about three years longer than it should have been. Uh, had we just started developing the right relationships up front um, because like we didn't take the time to do that, you know, like um, we were kind of very independent. And if you sure. look at my predictive index, it makes sense why I did what I did is because I'm like, like there's independent workers and like I'm so predictive index is a survey on like it helps you assess um, yeah. how you're hardwired. It's, it's, it's a tool we really recommend that we use in our hiring process. Um, and, and I am like off the charts independent. Like that's like where my hard wiring is compared to collaborative. Right. So, so it so really took me I've been working from your bedroom right now then. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm here in, a, I'm here in my bedroom cause of, um, I, I had a, a, my baby drew. So I have four kids right. and my youngest boy, I have a daughter and then three boys in a row. My youngest boy was born, uh, two months early. Sure. And so we're kind of still in the middle of the pandemic and yeah. uh, we're just being a little bit cautious because his immune system's a little bit weaker. So yeah. Plus so I'm joining the, your household there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in my fourth bedroom here. Back to the networking gym. Like at, was there a moment or a light bulb that went off where you were like, man, we're getting just as much profit from these relation deals that were coming to us from relationships versus putting out all this marketing and, um, was there a moment that you just made this shift? Yeah. So, um, this is what happened. So Ryan and I were both lead generating. Okay. And he would be lead generating through wholesalers and I would be doing all the marketing. Yeah. And we'd look at the numbers at the end of the year and we'd be like, Whoa, we generated 300 grand from wholesalers and 300 grand from marketing. Okay. Yeah. And then we'd look at it again the following year. Whoa, we generated like, 275 this year from wholesalers, but only 250 from marketing. Mm -hmm. And each year we would look at the numbers, the networking either was equal or actually made more money when it came to gross revenue than 
than doing the marketing. And that wasn't even including like your pay-per-click, your spend there or your direct mail or whatnot. Right. Uh, so, so fast forward, we were like, we were figuring out, we we're like, okay, well, what's a good way that we could do um, kind of like do a better network. So we end up creating our own. We have a, our three doors network uh, where we have about 150 uh, people doing life together now uh, here in St. Louis. And, and uh, you know, we have people that are outside of St. Louis as well on it. And, um, and it was really like, we decided to create it because I asked myself the question, like if I had to do it all over again, what did I actually need? What, instead of what, what do I think I need? And it was this concept of having the right people around you that, that can answer any sort of question that you possibly need. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of why we end up, <clears throat> we end up starting that as to, and what we've seen results wise, we've seen, um, I mean, you guys know Dave Stelmach. I think Brian, you know him pretty well, right? Yeah, I know Dave well. Yeah. yeah so, so, like, I mean, we have all sorts of stories. Like, so Dave did 30 deals in his first year, and he had no prior real estate experience. But what he had was he had a network of people to ask questions around, right? right. So, um, so, like, we're just, we see so many people that just dominate what Ryan and I did to start our careers because we created an island around ourselves uh, instead of having that right environment to, to, to learn from and grow from and, and, and hold you accountable. So, yeah. I, I see a lot of people that are trying to figure it all out on their own. Um, you know, when I started, I joined up this big national coaching program, paid a lot of money for it, but it saved me. I mean, I did all this activity to hurry up and find my first deal. And then it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> I got it under contract. Where do I go get the money? How am I going to close this thing? Um, so having that network to lean on was huge. Um, so, I mean, looking back, like people always ask me like, oh, what? those things are so overpriced. Was it worth it? I'm like 100%. The relationships I made out of it um, saved my butt early on and cut down my learning curve. So um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's how we got connected. We were in that same program. And um, um, the thing about that program, what's interesting is uh, YouTube actually has now the majority of the, the content in that program when we <laughs> signed up for it, uh, which it wasn't like that. Like when we signed up, YouTube wasn't wasn't the way it is now. Right. Oh, it's um, super top secret. You got in trouble if you shared that information, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. And we've always been a believer of finding the right mentors or finding, you know, we've been, you know, we've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years to um, not just from the school of hard knocks. We've had our fair share of that too, but uh, just yeah. on kind of improving what's in between the ears and um, trying to get it, help us get to the next level for sure. Like m mindset work and everything like that. Well, hey, Jim, yeah. what was some of your guys like early on, what was some of your exit strategies or your primary exit strategies when you got an investment? So you get the con the house under contract, what are you doing with it? Are you rehabbing it, renting it, wholesaling it? What are you guys doing? Yeah. So early on uh, we were doing um, a lot of wholesaling on short sales. Like back okay. then you were actually able to double close on a short sale uh, we don't do that anymore. We're, I, I know there's some investors that still do that. Uh, we're not comfortable with the arm's length agreement and, and some of the um, documents that the, the banks, uh, that the lenders make you sign now. Um, so we don't, uh, we don't actually do that, but that started out to be our niche. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, we were looking at that. We were starting to make some, some pretty good money doing that. And we're like, well, this is a whole lot of work for a $5,000 wholesale fee when we could flip it and make 30. So then we kind of 
got into uh, doing more rehabbing at that point and, and doing less, uh, less wholesaling. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you guys have done it all. I mean, flipped wholesale rentals. Uh, I think you've even done some Airbnbs. I mean, uh, so what, what's, what have you guys landed on? Like, what is your lane? Like, you, what are do you trying love? to focus on certain type of deals nowadays or? Yeah. So, uh, what we've figured out is, uh, we love the, like the lead generation, the negotiations, getting houses under, uh, we do not love the, uh, construction piece. Yeah. Uh, and then we do love, we have a whole team of agents now that are like experts at selling properties. We love that end of it too. Um, but the middle piece with the construction, um, we just not, we're not ever quite able to, to really get to a mastery level. And so what we've decided to do is, is we can, we've narrowed our focus and, and whenever we, uh, as a company, whenever there's a rehab that we, uh, that we'll do, uh, we'll actually bring in a partner that will handle the construction and they actually, um, have ownership in that property. It's not just like a contractor that you give a bonus on at the end of the project. Yeah. What's what that's allowed us to do is, is to focus and make some of our strengths stronger and take a piece out that, that we just quite frankly, uh, we, we, we were, I mean, we were, we had three full-time project managers in our heyday. And we were develop our product was was solid, but it wasn't great. And um, we were doing the high volume thing with the three project managers, and we just never quite we we weren't able to master it with the the, the people that we had uh, in place. We probably would have needed to bring on a partner that had more construction knowledge than we have to, to really dial that that in. Would you so say we, that's a struggle for most investors out there? I mean, that you talk to, uh, I know it is for many of the people in our network and for ourselves even. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends, right? Cause like there's some contractors that are actually investors too. Yeah. And for them, like the construction parts, their strength. Right. Um, right. Sure. um, but like, so like I am like a sports guy, I came up, I, I grew up playing baseball and, uh, I was lucky to be able to screw in like a light bulb, like when it comes to construction, like I'm like the least handy person ever. And so like, <laughs> like I was able to over the years learn enough to know what didn't look right. And I was competent enough to try and get some quality people that I trusted to give me good advice on it. Uh, but you know, there was all sorts of things where I didn't know a nuance to save a thousand dollars that would be just as good of a fix. Or, you know, I really had to rely on, other people around me. And, and, um, um, I mean, what it comes down to is, is like every time a small business, uh, focuses and takes a strength and makes it a stronger strength, it typically wins. And by us kind of, uh, removing this piece to it and kind of leveraging out other partners, um, um, you know, we, we've been able to really focus on, on some of the other pieces and make those stronger. And it's, it's, it's really been a win for everybody. Uh, that sounds like a really good strategy. Um, so what's kind of like an industry standard for that deal split with the contractor that you're doing with them? Like, like a ballpark on what you guys are splitting the profits. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends sometimes. I mean, it's, I see a lot of people doing, uh, Hey, I'll pay for it. And we'll do like a 50, 50 split. Uh, yep. I see, um, I mean, it's really kind of the, what you want to do with that partner, you know, um, it depends what you're bringing to the table, you know, are they yeah. just bringing the crew and the resources or are they putting, bringing money, you know, I think it's yeah. all 
Yeah. And it depends on like what your setup is too. So like for us, uh, it made more sense for us. We actually give them a hundred percent of the profit, uh, the contractor, the construction partners on the deals. Uh, but we're making profits on, we're lending money. So we're making a profit there. We're making a wholesale fee. Uh, and then we're making a profit with our listing team listing it. Uh, so we're actually, um, uh, we're making profit all around the actual deal on the actual flip is, is what we've shifted towards. Um, so the, so the contractors or the construction partners we're bringing in, we're actually giving a hundred percent ownership on it. Um, but like we also have $20 million raised to lend out and we have, you know, we have a team that's a top 20 team in St. Louis on the listing side already built out. You know, we have a really good acquisition team with some really good wholesalers already too. I don't think I would have, like if I was in year three or four, there's no way I would run the model we're running right now. Yeah. So bringing up the money that you raised, um, I mean, that's something I think that everybody needs to get at some point in their business, they need to find better cost of money. So like, what have you guys done to raise that amount of money? Uh, so I wish there was like a secret, like magical wand. I could say, Hey, wave this and it will work for you. Um, right. the, the, approach that we've used is um uh we developed a powerpoint presentation uh that was just a like a lending presentation for a private lender and uh we went to people we knew that had money and we asked them for help so mm. we didn't ask them we didn't say hey i have an opportunity for you can i pitch you uh, stay away i'm like <laughs> you're my, you're my nephew. I, I don't want to like turn you down, but uncle Don, I mean, I, I really could use, you know, like, like, I really want you to, I really want your money, you know? So like that, that's the wrong approach, right? So like what we did though, is we developed a presentation and said, uncle, Hey, uncle Don, I developed this new presentation. I really just need your, I need your help and your feedback on it. If it's something that you know, like, like, cause like, I'm going to be presenting this to other people and I could really use your help on, um, and give me feedback on, on, on how good of a job I'm doing. Okay. And what that does is it takes away any sort of pressure and makes it safe to say no. And they don't even have to say no at that point hmm. because I, my uncle Don a hundred out of a hundred times wants to help me. He doesn't want to give me money, but at a hundred out of a hundred times, like, like if I'm pitching him, but he doesn't want to help me. Right. So the sneaky part of that, that's like, I mean, it's not underhanded. I mean, it's, it's just kind of being a little playing the game a little bit is, is as you're going through it, if he likes what he hears, mm -hmm. wait a second. I actually, this might be for me. I really, I really like this gem. Mm -hmm. you know, how much money would you need for this? Oh, you know, like a hundred grand would do a deal. Oh, okay. Well, so like, so then what happened then at the, then at the end of it, it's, 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 Hey, do you know anybody that might be interested in this? And, and you can ask for a referral there too. So you can get help and they think, they think you're helping them and you are, and they are helping you and you're also presenting them the opportunity at the same time. And then you can, um, uh, then you can ask for the referral to like have them connect someone that they think might, might be interested in it. So it's a way to yeah. lead generate. It's a way to, to get a practice rep in to develop your skill with it. And um, yeah, that's how we did it. That's literally that simple. 
Um, it seems just like such a subtle change, you know, but like, have you ever been sat in a timeshare presentation and you just know the whole time? Yeah, you got <laughs> suckered. <laughs> you just know you're getting sold the whole time. What are you thinking? Like, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, when is this going to be over? So uh, I was thinking you could sign me up. <laughs> yeah, Just presenting it like you're asking for help. That's a huge, uh, that's a pro tip right there, I'd say. So good stuff, man. Yeah, so, yeah it's really that simple. I mean, it's success doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. It can be, it's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It still does take time, still takes some courage to, you know, to even have that conversation that's asking for help, right? Yeah. The last thing we want to do sometimes, as guys, especially as, as guys, is ask for help. Oh, no, we can't do that. I can't admit that. I mean, I really struggle with that. It took me a whole extra 12 months to do my first deal because I had that problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Jim, I wanted to bring up, you know, like since I've known you guys, I mean, you, you've always kind of been the champion of the abundance mindset. You're a bit all about growing your network. Um, what it, but sounds like early on, that was a struggle for you just to get out and network with people. So what really helped you to develop that? Was it something you had in you all along or something you had to learn? That's a great question. So uh, I don't know if I didn't, I necessarily wasn't like afraid to like share my knowledge. Like, like when I was newer, I think what I was afraid of was, um, was, like or? well, that and like being, seen in, like being seen as like insignificant, like, mm -hmm. like yeah. being seen as someone that like needs help, like, like being seen as someone that like can't contribute or, or provide value. And so that really held me back because like I really didn't want to start networking and meeting people till like I kind of knew how to talk the talk and I, oh, I've done a few deals and I'm the real thing and I'm a legitimate and, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it really, that really slowed things down and, and we've had made, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on deals that, that had I not had, had my ego, I think it was my ego, per, but had it not been blinding me, like we could have avoided Right. Yeah. So, uh, but then, yeah. So then it's, you know, as we started to learn and connect with more people and we started to realize the power of the network. And, and I really believe that life and business uh, really boils down to two things that are important. I think your habits are important and your relationships. If you can get master your habits and your habits include how you think guys, your habits yeah. include how you wake up. Your habits include how you show up as a father, as a parent, as a brother, as a son, as a dad, right? Yeah. Successful people follow some of the same habits. They have the same successful habit routine. And are you doing, are you busy all day? Or are you actually doing the things you need to do to, to get results? You know, that, so to have the right habits, to master, uh, to master uh, how you think and master your actions. Another part of his relationships. Okay. Cause like we, you know, we can make millions of dollars, but you aren't going to, I mean, doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right. You can't take it with you. Right. Um, I had, um, uh, I kind of learned this lesson. It was interesting. I had a, uh, a right out of college before I got my first corporate America job. I worked for a, a guy that was a self-made billionaire. And all I did for two weeks was I put, barcode labels on his wine so he could uh, have an insurance claim and kind of get some insurance on his wine. <laughs> at one oh point, 
Yeah. So he had he had like 20,000 bottles of wine or something ridiculous. It took wow. two weeks to do that. And at one point I had $50,000 in my hands. Okay. <laughs> I had a case of wine. I have two cases of wine that was worth like $50,000. Right. Yeah. So this guy had his own private jet and I like, was like a kind of idolizing this guy. I'm like, Whoa, this guy has like a better looking girlfriend and he's 55 and short and fat than, than I've <laughs> ever had. <laughs> like, it's like, you have to be kidding me. This guy is the man. And we're flying on private jets. We're drinking hundred dollar bottles of Krug champagne or $500 bottles, whatever. He's giving me this vodka from, uh, from Russia that like tastes like water, but I just got out of college. So I'm like chugging it. Like I would have in college <laughs> and, not, and being kind of an idiot about it. But like, <laughs> so like, I was like, got that taste of how like the, like the finer life, how the really ultra wealthy can live. Yeah. And then he asked me to Thanksgiving dinner and I said, Whoa, Thanksgiving dinner. This guy must really like me. That's amazing. So I go to Thanksgiving dinner and I sit down, I'm like feeling like my chest is kind of held high. I just feeling like I'm really important. And then his wife and his daughter sit down. And I realize very quickly that I'm there <clears throat> because the peace will be held if the help's there. That his daughters hate him and his wife hates him. And he has no, no life. Then after wow. Thanksgiving, I start to watch this guy. And I realize, whoa, this guy is less happy and more miserable than my middle-class parents are. And my middle-class parents like bicker a lot at each other. I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> you know, just normal stuff. But then right. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I think there's more to it than just this financial side of things. So like, yeah. and that really shaped my life. Like, okay, like if I'm going to go after things as an entrepreneur, I need to always keep the relationships first. You know, my relationship with God, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my family. And, um, I'm really blessed. I feel like, like, yeah, we're doing all of this stuff, but like, like I haven't had to sacrifice those core things that are important to me. I'm not, I'm going to be able to look back at the end of my day and like, like not only say, okay, like I did some good things for real estate and I helped some people out, but also I was able to keep the key relationships. And the interesting thing with like relationships is, is what people don't realize is like, like they just, oh, they are so powerful on business guys. I mean, we've had one wholesaler um, that sent us sends us about five to ten deals a year, yeah. and helps. And we generate a hundred to two hundred fifty grand a year from him, like clockwork, because our relationships that strong. Yeah, and we have that big of a relationship. It's different. Not all relationships are created equally. Some relationships, man, they're going to open up your world, and it's just because you have the relationship in your friends. Man, I, I, it seems like you guys have designed your business this way to set yourself up to live a more well-rounded life, create those relationships. So um, where where are you settling into things now? Like the day-to-day, -day, the visionary, what's what's a day in the life of Jim look like? What are you working on in the business most, most of the time? Yeah. So, I mean, this morning, okay. So like this morning, actually, I'm uh, working on a, um, uh, a, journey for investors. Okay. And I've been really studying, we've been researching and asking, um, hundreds of investors, Hey, what are your challenges? What are your, your fears? Like, where are your stucks? And we've been asking people like, and we're hearing a lot of things like, how do I find deals? I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, how do I grow my business? You know, I'm trying to kind of get to the next level. And we've been asking all sorts of questions. And so, 
so then taking that and like kind of identifying what the pain points are and then developing the right experience to help to help kind of bridge the gap to that end goal of i mean everybody wants to be financially free you know they want a business that um uh, that kind of generates them a lot of a lot of revenue and a lot of like consistent deal flow you name it and so uh, so what we're kind of crafting right now is a is a course to to help challenge people uh, okay. to to go through the process and overcome a lot of the limiting beliefs that we have in our heads and one of the most interesting things that like some of these limiting beliefs that that when I I'm looking at it from a different perspective now I'm talking to someone that's brand new and I've been doing it 13 years yeah. and what's always so interesting to me is some of the challenges um like and some of the limiting beliefs are like like it's like whoa this is just so simple it's not that big of a deal like why are you so stuck on this is like what I'm thinking but then I have to remind myself wait, I was stuck for 18 months. Like, come on, Jim, like, let's not, let's be a realist here. But, yeah. but I think one of the challenges we have right now is um, uh, we are in as a society, uh, we're starving for wisdom and yep. all we have is information, right? Like, so like, I mean, who has time? Uh, I was looking at a 30 day challenge from a, a well-known kind of quote unquote guru. I signed up for it just because I was curious, you know, and you sign up for it and there's like a thousand hours worth of content to go through and it's like like who has time for that i mean that's right. that's crazy you know and like so like like and then we have youtube we have all these other this information when at the end of the day success is really kind of crazy simple there's not that much to it yeah so how do we have the wisdom to say no to all of this stuff and say yes to the couple key things that will make you money and that will kind of get you to the next level. So we're developing a, um, uh, a system that is really, and it's, that's going to be modeled after what we've done with, um, with our deal makers. And so like David Stelmaki did 30 deals in his first year, we've had a lot of other stories. I just mentioned that of what, uh, of successes like David Beckley, I think he came to us, he had done a, a one deal in his first year. Uh, then he had a heart attack three years ago and then is just now kind of getting back at it. And he wow. just got four deals under contract uh, uh, in the last uh, last like 14 days. Nice. You know, so like, so like what we've been doing is that we've had a lot of successes too. So we're kind of taking, okay, where are you guys struggling with? And these successes that we've had help them build people up and accelerate people's businesses. And we're going to, uh, we're creating a program that, um, um, that the everyday person can kind of implement and use to get results. You know, not something that, yeah. that has all this information that you need to learn. And uh, the first step of it, actually, so this is interesting. And I don't know why, like, I don't hear anybody talking about this. So this is really fascinating. Um, so to use an analogy here, okay. Um, if we're going to do a vacation and we're going to plan out a vacation. Okay. So um, what's the first step? Like if, if, if the three of us were like, Hey, we want to go on a vacation, let's go party somewhere. Decide where you want to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that, but there's a, oh, so, so that's actually step two. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. But this is proof to my point. No one understands. I don't think, I don't see anyone understanding that there is a first step. And I, I actually, <laughs> I actually, so here's the deal. I actually did it on accident. 
like I said, the three of us want to go party somewhere. Okay. So the first step is what is the purpose of the trip? What's mm. the end result of the trip? So I said it already on accident. I was going to try and get there with you guys, <laughs> but it's to party for the three of us. Okay. Yeah. So where okay. would we go if we were going to party for the three of us? Uh, what do you guys think? Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Mexico's Mexico. fine. Okay, Cancun. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Okay. So then that's the second step. So then what's the third step? Planet. Uh, yeah. How are we going to get there? Are we going to, are we going to fly or drive? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So YouTube university, everyone. So, so what do we not do? Okay. We did not start with how are we going to get there? We didn't because we can drive, we can fly, we can take the bus, we can walk, we can bike. And when you think about the house, that's an analogy for, I can wholesale, I can flip. I can do a rental. I can do creative financing. I can do owner financing. There's all these different hows. Okay. So if you start with how you're going to get there without actually designing what the purpose and where you want to go, you're skipping the first step. And then people say, oh, I got, there's all this information. I'm not sure what to do. I've, I'm overloaded. I'm just not sure. I'm analysis paralysis. Every business has a purpose, guys. Every business has an end destination. You have to first decide where you want to go. And you don't have to know how you're going to get there. Did we know how we were going to get there when we decided in Mexico? No. No. We didn't. So, and think about it this way. Mexico, with the three of us drinking beers, taking shots, whatever we would do, that's a whole lot. That's a great location for that. But let's say Jim Manning, I decide uh, I want to go on a family trip with my parents. Okay. Hmm. That's now, no, that's the purpose of this trip. It's not the party with, with uh, the three of us buddies. Yeah. Are we going to go to Mexico? No, probably like Branson or uh... Branson. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. So Branson, I live thirty. I we live two hour. Wait, no, three hours three, from Branson. Three, four hours. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's think about this, though, guys. So we live three hours from Branson, and and we live a, a we have to fly a plane. Okay, so had we started with how we're gonna get there, and we had to learn, and we learned. Okay, like let's learn about flying a plane. Let's learn about driving let's learn about all this different stuff and we decided we wanted to go to branson all that time that was spent learning oh okay what flight air what plane should we take like what flight should we take would have just been wasted yeah it would have not it would there would have been no result from that but the other thing that happens to people that's interesting is you don't decide the purpose then result first and oh branson sounds kind of cool i had this guru come on that had a really nice idea Oh, this sounds exciting. This is fun. Hey, family, let's get going. Let's, hey, wife, we're going to do this thing. We're going to make a lot of money in this investing business. We get in our car and we start to drive to Branson. Then someone else gets on the phone and like we run into a different idea that says, no, Cancun's better. You can have all these drinks with your friends. And it's like, whoa, I love to drink with my friends. All right, well, we got to research what the how to get there. So let's let's drive to the airport. So then you turn around. You're halfway to Branson already. Then you turn your car around and then go back to where you're from to get to the airport. But then here's what happens: you almost get to the airport, 
and somebody else on YouTube comes up and says, no, Colorado's cool. Skiing's the best thing ever. Oh, <laughs> should we fly there or should we drive there? Oh, let's just, let's drive there. So then you turn your car around again and start to drive to Colorado. And then you start to complain like, man, vacation doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> the vacation doesn't work. And result, this vacation thing's dumb. It doesn't work. No way. Well, all of that is a symptom of not setting the core purpose first of what you want out of it. Because when your vision is clear, guys, and you know exactly what you want out of your business and the, or out of your vacation, yeah. you know, hey, this is a family trip and we're going to go to Branson. When that person comes up with that nice idea about Mexico, no, that's a terrible idea. I'm not taking my family to Mexico. When that next person comes up, hey, there's a ski trip. Do you want to do that? No, I'm not taking my mom to go skiing. She has rheumatoid arthritis. I'm not doing that. And so yeah. now when your vision's clear, you get to say no to things. And you get to mm. focus and narrow down your focus. Uh, I was listening the other day to someone that's talked about the sun and he says the sun, it takes billions and billions of kilowatts or whatever you call energy. Apparently I wasn't listening to this story well enough to remember the words he used <laughs> to, to, to create the energy for the sun, yeah. but it only takes like one kilowatt to like harness it into like, like more of like a laser like focus to do, to do some damage as a laser. Interesting. Yeah. So like the more we can laser like focus, I mean, there's a saying a lot of people talk about in the niches be riches, you know, there's that saying, mm -hmm. well, what that is, is about getting crystal clear on what you want, focusing things in saying no to everything else. Cause the not do list is more important than the to do list. And now you actually have time to get good at stuff. It does take practice guys to know how to talk to a homeowner, right? It does take practice to learn how to negotiate. It does yeah. take practice to walk through a property and develop repair numbers. It, that's skills that you need. But instead of trying to learn the whole book of real estate investing, now you just have to learn a couple of things to get to Branson. Yeah. And then here's a cool thing. Once you get to Branson and you know how to get there and have a fun time, then you can call your buddies up and say, hey, let's go to Mexico. I know how to get places now. <laughs> <laughs> I can do things. You can add on stuff after the fact, after you establish that that first thing, that first step of the journey. And that's the yeah. other advice I give people too, is like, like we have like, we have the agent team. We have a lot of this stuff going on. We didn't start out that way. I mean, it was, I have a good buddy now that's trying to do three businesses by himself. He says, what do you think, Jim? I said, I'm going to change his name. I said, Ralph, uh, yes. just you actually, Brian, you actually know him, but you know, cause I didn't get permission to retell us, but I said, Ralph, like Ryan and I were investors for four years before we added an agent onto our team. Yeah. I've been a broker now for 11 years and been doing this for a long time. Like you cannot, like you're trying to do three businesses here. Yeah. We have, people could call us having three businesses, but we have 150 people in the network. We have an ops team of 10 people. You know, we have 10 buyers, you know, we have 40 agents or whatever it is, but that's like, there was four years there where we just did one thing and we got good at it. We got good at going to Branson. Then I we mean, started talking journey about it. To become a dynamic investor. It just doesn't happen overnight. Like you said, I mean, 
so I guess the, the sum up your whole story, Jim, which is great. I've never heard a better analogy for shiny object syndrome and <laughs> finding <laughs> out your why and everything. Um, I mean, what, so if somebody comes to you brand new, Hey, I want to get my first deal in 60 days. Is that the conversation you're going to have with them? Like, Hey, you know, let's find out your purpose first, you know, and then we'll find the vehicle, how to get you there. Yeah. Because your first deal, if you're in corporate America, wanting to, um, wanting to be, get to financial freedom as quickly as possible is a whole lot different than if you're 22 year old Jim Manning need to get your first deal so you can eat. Right. Yeah. Right. So like the, uh, so what's, what's interesting is, is developing the plan when you know where you're going is actually not that hard. It's kind of simple. Um, but you have to first decide, okay, what exactly is that first deal? And, um, yeah. And so this is the, um, yeah, this is the program that we've actually, so what's interesting is, is we're developing this program to kind of get out to more people, but we've been doing this now for, um, the last 10 years with, um, with investors kind of yeah. like our, like on our core team. And, um, and we're, we're big, it's been an evolution for us. Cause like we've been doing this, but we weren't even like, we're getting more aware of what we've been doing. We've gotten like really good at it and like, like asking these questions and figuring out, okay, this is what I do there. This is what I do that. So, um, it's been quite the journey, but, um, yeah. 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 So we're, so yeah, yeah, so tell we're me a little bit about the affiliate network, what it looks like today. I was, I kind of had a, preview. I was in it early on when you guys first started, but what does that look like today? Yeah. So we, uh, uh, so, uh, we actually, we have a, a free resource doors to deals.com, uh, which is our, um, our, our podcast. Actually, I think we're going to, Brian, I think I'm going to have you on here and yeah, you're what. busy, man, though. We got booked out in the summer, I think. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we're on like a six month window, but, um, yeah. um, yeah, so we have our podcast. It's a great free resource. Yep. And then um, uh, we're developing this program to like have the first phase of this program be a free resource as well for people uh, that, that, that once it launches, you'll be able to access that on the website too. And um, uh, then as far as the members go, we got about 160 members. Uh, we're calling them pro members now okay. uh, in the network. And um, we're doing uh, access to the podcast. We're doing our, our episodes live that people can kind of plug into. Uh, we have a online academy that has contracts, uh, uh, working with contractors uh, on rehabs, yeah. uh, wholesaling kind of tips and tricks. I mean, it's I mean, it's over five years worth of uh, worth of content. It's pretty comprehensive at this point. Yeah. Uh, but then we also have a Facebook community, uh, and we're doing biweekly masterminds that that are the avenue for. Um, if you ever, if you get stuck on anything, Hey guys, I'm dealing with this problem. What do y'all yeah. think? And so like, so by having a, a lot of us in the group, there's a lot of different subject matter experts like tax credits, short sales, you name it. That as you ask questions, there's a lot of people that can, that can help and, and answer and help accelerate, accelerate yeah. what's going on. So, so that's it. I mean, it's, it's pretty affordable. I mean, we're, looking to at this stage of the game, like Ryan and I are really blessed. Like we've already built our rental portfolio to, you know, where it kind of needs to be. We just uh, yeah. uh, pay it down, you know, like we just do that over the next 10 years. And I mean, we're kind of good. So like at this point in our stage, it's not really about, um, 
uh, it doesn't have to be about the Benjamins anymore. It's really more about um, helping other people get to financial freedom and helping other people uh, grow their business. That's uh, um, that's awesome, man. And yeah, it's a nice place to be, but you know, it hasn't been an easy place to get to. It's been 13 yeah. years of really hard work. But, yeah, but I mean, you, you're still in your 30s. You started at such a young age, you know, to be at that point where you're just focused on helping other people now and you're not really in that hamster wheel of like most people and never get out of like always looking for the next deal, you know? So yeah. that's, that's really awesome, man. Sounds like the affiliate network's a great resource. Uh, I think anybody listening should go check it out, man. So yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So doors to deals.com. Uh, yeah. You can find more info on it there. Um, great. What well, anything I can help you guys out with? What's yeah. going on? I just have one more question, man. Um, I'm Jake. I don't know if you got anything, but you've been doing this, like you said, 12, 13 years. What would you say is the key to longevity in business? I mean, we're, we've seen a lot of wholesaling operations, you know, burn out really fast, you know. So what's been the key for you guys? What has been the key? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really deep question. Because <laughs> on spot, I'm like, the well, so I'm the typical visionary where I'm like, oh, well, this and this and this, I'll give you like 100 answers. But to like have like one key. Yeah. Is, a, is a deep question. So <laughs> I, I mean, think... everything you've told me here in the past almost hour, I mean, it sounds like <clears throat> just relationships. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, like if I had one key, <clears throat> it'd be a two part key. It'd be develop the right habits and the right relationships. I was going to say, it sounded like you answered that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, he challenged me to, to make sure I committed to it that. It wasn't that yeah. he told us. <laughs> But no, I mean, and it's really kind of that simple, guys. I mean, I mean, people think, oh, it's so hard to find a deal. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I can tell you things to find leads on deals in like 10 minutes. It's not a, like, like it's like, like if you know what you're looking for, you know, seek and ye shall find. Problem. The biggest problem is, is you don't decide what you're looking for first. Right. <laughs> so then like, then there's nothing it all looks the same, you know? It's like you said, the information's everywhere. Plentiful. You know? yeah. Anybody can go out and find the information they need, but it's having the right mindset, having the right connections and relationships and mm -hmm. people to lean on. Um, yeah. And then just taking the time to develop, to develop your skills. Like if you're going to shoot free throws, guys, you don't just get on YouTube about how to shoot free throws. Yeah. You get to the free throw line and you don't just shoot one free throw. What do you do? Yeah. You say, okay, well, I'm yeah. going to do thousands and thousands of free throws so I can become an expert at this. Yeah. And there's no shortcutting that. There's no magic bullet to that. It takes time to develop your skills. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, thing you can say, like for new investors along the lines of that is like a lot of people want to go out and buy all these, think they're going to wholesale all these deals, but they have no experience talking to sellers or negotiating and you know, that might take a while to develop. You got to get told no hundreds of times, you know, to really hone those skills and uh, be a good negotiator. So, well, yeah. And, and play the end game guys. Like, like I was one of the things I learned in high school, which was such a blessing. Uh, uh, Steve Nicola was my high school baseball coach and was like a huge influence on in my life. And uh, he got us focused on the process of improving not on the result. Okay. So baseball is a rough game because if you're good, you still fail seven out of 10 times when you're hitting. Yeah. And 
and one of those times you get out, you might hit a line drive that's a screecher. It's going to the warning track and the outfielder yeah. runs up, makes an unbelievable dive and catches it. And guess what? That's the same thing as striking out when nobody's on. Like, yeah. or, you know, like it's just, they're both outs. So like, if you start to like say, like, like tie your worth into the result yeah. and tie whether this is going to work for you or not in the result, um, it's going to be brutal for you. Like, like had I, had I not kind of focused on the process that first 18 months that were really bad for me with results wise, yeah. uh, I don't think I would have, I would also wouldn't have gone there, I, but, but I just was focused on, okay, I need to get a little bit better. I need to get a little bit better. I need to get a little bit better. And, and uh, so, I mean, at some point you can learn all day long. You can go to YouTube, learn, 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 learn. At some point you have to buck up, grow a pair, and start doing things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, here's like another fun. A, it's like when you think you have a deal, a nice shiny deal, and then, all right, that was a great appointment. I'm going to get that contract. And then it falls right through the cracks. And it's like, okay, I didn't uncover any deal uh, killers. Any deal killers. Yeah. Um, I wasn't actively listening to the seller. Um, yeah. you take that and you learn from it and you get better on the next one. So, yeah, there's a difference between, uh, you're right. And that's right. Like they yep. were just saying, you're right to get me out the door. Cause they didn't agree yeah. with me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, here's, here's one more fun fact guys. Yeah. Uh, while I'm thinking of it is, um, uh, I was curious on this. I said, okay, like YouTube started in 2005. Is there a difference now in the amount of small businesses that start and succeed and don't fail? And mm. I was just curious. So I pulled it up. Uh, um, uh, I, you know, I pulled up uh, some reports from the uh, SBA, the Small Business Association. That's the government run association. Yeah. Yep. And there is not a difference in the percentage of businesses that fail since before YouTube and after YouTube. Interesting. So, yeah, so there's way more to it than information, guys. Yeah, there's more to it. If information alone was all you needed, uh, YouTube would YouTube would be demolishing right now the percentage of businesses that fail. Yeah, like it, good, it'd be a lot lower because you'd have all the information that you need. That's a great yeah. stat to support your point, man. That's yeah, that's crazy. So, so here's the thing: knowledge is power. But we mistake true knowledge with information. We replace it. Information is power. Yeah. Well, the only way you get to true knowledge on shooting free throws, right, is it's also a physical movement that you have to master. It's, it's the whole experience. Skill you have to develop. That's knowledge. Studying the craft of how you shoot a free throw on YouTube does not get you knowledge. That's just information. And if you don't implement that information, it's really just entertainment. Yeah. Mm. Love yeah. it. Take action. Well, Jim, we could probably do a whole other hour with you, man, but we actually got to go uh, to the closing table. Yeah, I'm just house. sitting here listening like this guy's this guy's a sage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, Absolutely, man. So yeah. Doors to Deals is the podcast. You guys got a website for it, I think. It's on yeah, every so, yeah, platform. D O O R S to to deals.com yep deals all right man go check it all out right on, guys appreciate you all right jim thanks a lot man